Why did the pencil stink? Why? Because it was a number two. Just... Welcome to Talkable. <laughs> Where we just talk. That was your shittiest dad joke so far. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You already see how to do it. Fuck, man. So this is a little different. Um, We're not doing it in person. Yep, we are remotely talking. Yeah. So we might have some technical difficulties. Please bear with us. But While the... we figure this shit out. Yeah. If it doesn't work, we'll just go back to in person. It doesn't really matter anyways. I mean, mm-hmm. to us, it doesn't really matter which way we do it. Yeah, we're just trying things so that we can stop procrastinating. Yeah, it just saves time. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's been a minute. What are we? What are we first talking about, Brant? Well, you said saving time, and speaking of saving time, uh, well, not really saving time, but saving face. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about OnlyFans. Oh right, OnlyFans. Yeah, what a what a screw up they did, huh? Yeah. Yeah. They made the decision to attempt to ban pornographic content or sexually explicit content from yeah. their browser. Yeah, they uh they were still going to allow allow uh like nudes. Um but it was going to be like artful nudes, you know, like nothing like, you know, nobody having sex. Ah, I see. Yeah. So, I guess cosplaying would still be safe, but uh, in an abrupt decision, they had decided to reverse it. Um, coming from August 25th and ongoing, they're uh, reworking some details. They suspended their decision to ban it. So, ironically, I think only because so OnlyFans actually wasn't created originally on the premise of sexually explicit content, adult content. That wasn't the premise that they actually created their their site for. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a uh, like a Patreon ripoff, yeah. right? Yeah, it was it originally was going to be a Patreon type of thing where you could pay your favorite whatever to make stuff and like you'd get extra content that you could only see if you paid them. So I think they wanted to try to uh go to do that. Right, but I—I I mean, I know that I know there's more to it, but I would—I would imagine that there was like a degree of like, hey, you know, we kind of want to do our original thing. That would be cool. Yeah, I believe it was their. Uh, it was their, their banks. It was yeah, it was the banks. It was like the same thing happened to Pornhub actually. That's why they uh, did the mass exodus of um, immature creators and all that. Is because yeah. Visa and Mastercard said, hey. This goes against our terms of service, and uh, you got some real serious like child porn issues, and we can't back that up. Also, some of the stuff on your website is way, way too demented and against our terms of service. Mm-hmm. So, same thing happened to OnlyFans, along with OnlyFans wanting to go public and have more backers and policy board members. Um, yeah. Because banks and high ups don't want to be associated with sex work. 
Yeah, but you know they'd be spanking it all the time to that same video. Honestly, I think the uh, the CEO, what's his name, Tim Stokely. I think he had a he had a post nut clarity for like a month, and he's like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm gonna be broke." Yeah, Uh, it says that J.P. Morgan Chase was particularly aggressive in closing accounts of sex workers or any business that supports sex workers. Yeah, Yeah. it's just just shady business. Like, yeah, you don't want to be associated with sex work. Sure, you know, I get it. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I bet you, I bet you they'd be, they're... (laughs) <laughs> the rel- they have at least two relatives, you know, some of those higher ups at, at Chase that yeah. definitely sell their nudes on OnlyFans. Like, yeah, they got, they got salty. It's like, yeah, I found my little sister's OnlyFans and uh, I closed that account. <laughs> Damn, unfortunate. Damn. But I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a. I think it's kind of silly to a degree because it's like. Yeah. Sex work is such a common thing. Like, while I get the hate one could give it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just another industry, really. I mean, it's no different from, like, actual, like, prostitution or stripping, which is all... Well, prostitution's not as yeah. much, but stripping. <laughs> stripping is, like, a very, you know, mostly accepted thing. You know, you strip, you make money. Um, that's all OnlyFans really is, to be honest, is just stripping. It's not like you're even prostituting yourself in that regard. I mean... I, I imagine you could if you really tried, but... And I'm sure there are certain creators who have done so. Mm-hmm. I mean... Probably put, like, a like a survey on their Twitter, or, like, a like a poll. Or, not a poll. Like, a little a raffle. And they yeah, say, hey, everyone sign up. Whoever wins, can I'll fly them down, and we'll make a, an OnlyFans video. Yeah. Which, actually... <laughs> there was a, a scandal going on a few months ago. I'm trying to remember, I don't remember much, but an OnlyFans creator did that. It was a raffle, and somebody won, and they made an OnlyFans video. And there was like some allegations and stuff that came out, and like questioned the morality of it. But the dude came out and was like, "Nah, I got to, I got to have sex with this really hot chick. I don't, I don't care." Honestly, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Of course, there's going to be negative connotations with sex work, you know, as there always been, mm-hmm. especially with prostitution and stripping and selling yourself online for money. Yeah, I mean, there will be the negatives, but I mean, I imagine there's just some people who just literally can't do anything else in their life because they're, they just don't have any talents. Yeah. But they're really hot, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. That's my best guess. So, or or there are people who know they can get some like cash a check. Yeah. Or exactly. and the you know, the ultimate example. Hmm. Um Well damn. I have to pay rent and I can't afford it without my job. So I guess titties on the internet, yeah. 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 I bet you I bet you OnlyFans uh NSFW creators actually got a huge spike from COVID. Yeah, apparently OnlyFans wasn't really popular with sex content until coronavirus pandemic happened. I could have sworn I remembered OnlyFans being something more than just, you know, Patreon ripoff. I remember it being, you know, a sex site 
before the coronavirus pandemic. I thought it was, to be honest. Yeah, but according to Insider, it uh, became popular during the pandemic, so... I guess uh, less prominent people started joining it and just doing it because they thought it was an easy way to make money while they were locked inside. That's fair. I, I bet you there was a lot more money that came off of it during the pandemic, but I'm pretty sure it was still a viable thing before. Yeah. I think it just blew up because there was a lot of people, you know, I, I put it like this. There's a lot of people who weren't able to go out to parties and then hook up. So they needed to get their their quote-unquote horny fix somewhere. Yeah. And what better way than pay a stranger on the internet to show some booby? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like their decision like, didn't even last a whole month to ban it. No, no, yeah. There, I mean, like, you think about it, like, that kind of content, or at least any kind of sexual content, is probably, like, 75-plus percent yeah. of their, you know, their entire website. There's no mm -hmm. way. If you take a if you take a look at the top five percent of OnlyFans, like the, their top five percent creators, it's all sex work. Oh yeah, no, without yeah. a doubt, yeah. And their most paid person, I believe, believe it was Bella Thorne. I don't know if that uh, Daniel Brigoli chick made more. The Catch Me Outside girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, like when Bella Thorne made an OnlyFans, she made like three million in like an hour or something like that. But she didn't actually post anything. It was kind of like the... Uh, yeah. It, the, was it was false advertisement. It was kind of like the Belle Delphine Pornhub videos. Yeah. But credits to Belle, she really worked the system, and in the end, she actually posted stuff. I think she did end up finally doing it, but I don't know if you ever, like, out of curiosity, went and looked at her initial videos that she posted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they they <laughs> were like what you would expect of like a pornographic film title and then it ended up her being doing like doing something really mundane yeah i put pewdiepie in me and then she eats a picture of pewdiepie yeah yeah it's literally like a that. video because like i've seen them on like reddit and stuff on meme sites and stuff and they think okay here's a link to velvet nofine's porn video and you click it and it's like yeah pewdiepie stuffs my belly and then she's eating pewdiepie's picture <laughs> yeah Belle Delphine's a character all for like a whole nother topic <laughs> she can be an episode in and of herself facts that is yeah that is big facts but yeah OnlyFans like I don't know it was weird yeah I've known people personally who use it yeah I know somebody who did too I, ironically, a lot of people who use it also use Snapchat. Like they have a like a fake Snapchat account that's used ex exclusively for dirty videos. Oh, you mean like uh, private snaps and all that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I only know because I've had people message me f for both at the same time. Like, hey, here's my OnlyFans, but also if you like my OnlyFans, here's my Snapchat. And I'm like, uh. Yeah, I get uh, random like people adding my Snapchat, and they're like, "Pay me five bucks on PayPal, and I'll open you up to my uh, premium Snapchat." I'm like, I'm. I'm always just like, nah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's against Snapchat's terms of service. <laughs> Probably. And then they block me.
I would just kind of block them before I even say anything. I'm like, nah. I usually do, but one piqued my curiosity because it was more of a human instead of a bot. Mm. I was like, I like I like nah. to say like really obscure things at bots. I'm like, how does purple smell? No, like one bot said, hey, you're kind of hot. And I said, I'm Mecha Hitler. And she said, you want to see my titties? I said, no, I'm Mecha Hitler. I don't need your titties. And she just kept trying to sell me. And I'm like, damn it, accept my accept my, uh, my Doom reference. Or no, not Doom. Is it Doom? No. What was that game called? D&D. No, 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 no. There's an actual game with Mecha Hitler in it. Uh, Wolfenstein? No, I don't think so. Oh. Let me see. I'm gonna Google it because it's a real. He's a real thing. Mecha. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because it's kind of like a Doom thing, right? And like it's kind of. Like I thought it Steam. was Doom. No, I want to say Wolfenstein because Wolfenstein. Oh yeah, yeah, Nazi yeah it's Wolfenstein. You're right. Yeah, because yeah. it's like a like a steampunk Nazi one. Okay, I don't know where. Thing. I th I think Doom. No, it's not. It's, oh, what game is that then? Maybe I'm just thinking Wolfenstein, and I'm just really dumb. But, but yeah. Yeah, no, that looks like uh, Wolfenstein. It also looks like Doom. So. Yeah. yeah. I looked it up, and it's Wolfenstein. So, but yeah, yeah. You just you say. So I just, I think I've been mispronouncing it, saying get my Doom reference, but it was actually a different game. But anyways, yeah, I would. <laughs> To fair, to I think I think they're made by the same company. Hmm. That'd be fair, but yeah, it's nothing like trying to convince a sex bot to accept the fact that you're a Wolfenstein reference. Yeah, yeah, they're both made by uh, Bethesda, but yeah, <laughs> they're always so like, "How are you today? I'm bad." Oh, I'm glad you're doing so good. Do you wanna you wanna buy my tits? No, no, I just died. Oh, awesome. Well, if you pay me $200. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say, I will say, at least I don't get bots that are trying to sell me OnlyFans. True. At least I haven't got one yet. Now that I've said it, the government's going to like personally ship me a ton of bots yeah. selling OnlyFans. For a while there on Twitter, I don't know if it was just a personal experience or something, but... Uh... Do you know Joey, the uh, the anime man? I do not, unfortunately. Okay, well, he's a prominent YouTuber who lives in Japan. He's Japanese. Um, he's Australian Japanese. It's a really, really cool seeing a Japanese person with an Australian English accent. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. It's, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, on his Twitter, he follows a lot of NSFW artists and all that. And so inadvertently, my timeline... <laughs> Every now and then will pop up with something that he liked or retweeted, mm. and I commented on one of just reg one of his regular tweets once, and then I had bots on Twitter saying buy my OnlyFans and all that from like OnlyFans people on Twitter, mm. and I was like that is such a weird way that they got to me. Yeah, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like when when you when you follow someone who follow like has drawn like one NSOW picture but then follows nothing but NSOW accounts. Yeah. And then they're like, We think you might like this and I'm like, No, no, as you're like rapidly smashing your keyboard <laughs> yeah. to get it away. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just I find it hilarious that their decision didn't even last a month. Like the decision wasn't they decided to do this in August to ban it, and then again in August they decided to undo the ban, which didn't even go mm-hmm. into effect until August or October first. I bet you it was just kind of like the OnlyFans CEO heard literally like. 98% of his, his, you know, his users saying shit about it. And yeah. then he just, like, t- he just probably, like, copy-pasted every tweet, you know, thing into, like, one big, like, thousand-whatever-plus-page document and just threw it at the banks and said, fucking eat my ass. This is money. <laughs> We're making money. Well, yeah, because there's only 2 million creators and there's 130 million users and they've paid $5 billion to models and performers. Sheesh. Yeah. That is a ludicrous money. amount of money. <laughs> money. Yeah. I kind of want to be on their OnlyFans design team. They're probably getting fucking bank. Honestly. So, yeah, it, it's hilarious. Five. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, no, it's fucking some Willy Wonka shit. Yeah. That guy's... Yeah, imagine it's like, so how'd you get your million dollars? Oh, I help I help women sell their bodies on the internet. <laughs> what do you do for a living? Oh, I work at OnlyFans. Oh, <clears throat> you, you, have, you have an OnlyFans? It's like, no, I, uh, I own OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> or just imagine, like, you're like, like the lead tech guy, and you're like, yeah... <laughs> I'm the one that puts the little lock over the pictures. <laughs> I'm the one they call and have a problem with their channel. Yeah. Or it's like, or even better, imagine being the guy who's like, yeah, I'm the guy that bans accounts or girl or whatever. It's like, yeah, I ban the accounts. Like, I'm the one who has to verify people. <laughs> oh, that's got to be the worst job. Honestly. Verification process on websites are pains in the asses. Well, for the most part, they're all uh, <clears throat> AI, which is, I guess, why they're a pain in the ass. Because you can't just say, hey, you know, I'm 20, I was born in yada, yada, yada on this day. Yeah. Can you, like, verify me? No, you have to wait, like, three months. Mm-hmm. I had to get verified for uh, Robin Hood during the whole, like, Doge explosion and all that. Mm-hmm. And it took them three weeks to verify me. Jeez. Yeah. Even though I was trying to get verified before people were starting to like use Robin Hood for like Doge and all that. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, I just missed out on like, I don't know, two bucks. Y'all took forever. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Damn them and stealing your money. Yeah. Even though I, I didn't. It's my money and I need it now. They actually gave me free money. They gave me a free stock for signing up. Oh, oh shit! Never mind. <laughs> Which I immediately sold, and I used for like Chick Fil A. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. surprised. Yeah. So. Well, you know what came before OnlyFans? What? Pornhub. I, I, I uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess I don't know, but I was, it was gonna segue. I was hoping you had an answer, but segueing into the next topic, <laughs> we're now gonna talk about prequel. Oh, uh, well, the prequel to OnlyFans, I guess, would be Patreon. Yeah, well, uh... Say yes. Okay, yes. 
Fair enough. Anyway, so we're going to now talk about prequels. Because I was thinking about it. I've been talking about... Um, Star Wars? Well, there's Star Wars. That was that was the one thing that made me bring up the topic to begin with. But then I've even looked at other things I've been doing recently and like in general, like the prequel to the Akamigar Kill manga series. Akamigar Kill Zero. You have the prequels to the Dune series that I've been talking about lately with a friend of mine. And other things. And prequels are such an interesting topic and they're so widespread, I guess, in their use. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not even every prequel, I guess 100% is a prequel. Some, I don't know, I'll explain more. But what are your thoughts on prequels? Um, They can either fortify a great series and bring new life to it, or they can completely destroy what they are trying to hold up, you know? You gotta yeah. be really finicky, because you are bound by the future. So you can't yeah. contradict yourself too much and you can't really create new storylines that'll have a really big effect because you have to shoehorn it into the story that's already made. So it yeah. depends, but under the right hands, it's really good. This is this is fact. Yeah. I would argue The Clone Wars is one of the greater prequels I've ever seen. It's technically a prequel. Sure. So then what's your favorite prequel? Probably the Star Wars prequels, the Clone Wars series. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, yeah the I don't know. If I mean, the those Mandalorian are, would count. Those but. are a good example of a prequel for sure. Yeah, um, especially their conception and how they were decided to be a thing. Yeah. Oh, we thought that was a real amusing fact. It's like, oh yeah, I fought your father in the Clone Wars, and then he goes in the writers' room. Fuck, what's the Clone Wars? Yeah, they're sitting there and they're like, wait, what, what does that mean? And then, you know, 20 years later, you have this massive, sprawling trilogy. Mm-hmm. I, it's not the f- most favorite in the world, but I like it. I like it a lot, so. I really enjoy the prequels. I don't get the hate that they get. Okay, well, The Phantom Menace, I completely understand. <laughs> the Clone I don't Wars, know. I don't yeah. understand any of it to be honest. I other than the fact that some of the some of the effects could be, could have been better. You know, it's interesting to bring that up. A lot of people don't realize that the prequels still had a lot, and I mean a lot of practical effects. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I know a lot of like... Go ahead. I was going to say I know a lot of the like ships moving scenes were mm-hmm. actually done with giant model cities that yeah. would like stand up to like half a person's height and then they would literally just like pseudo crane spaceships o- like model spaceships over the cities and move them that way yeah. I thought that was fucking sick yeah and so I I don't know the effects were a little iffy on some of the things but it was like it was early 2000s late 90s that's why you're gonna get it you know yeah, the writing and dialogue for Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith could be better. The story, though, like the story itself, I love. Yeah, I stand by the fact that George Lucas is an excellent story writer. He's just not good at dialogue. Yeah, 
It's unfortunate. Yeah. But, I mean, there's only so much you can do with such things, you know? Yeah, that's true. But... So, what's your favorite prequel? So, see, that's a hard question for me, because I do like the Star Wars prequels, and I think that's probably my first experience with a prequel, was that? Mm -hmm. But if I had to give it... If I had to, it would be a toss-up between the Akamiga Kill Zero series, which is a prequel to the Akamiga Kill series, or the prequel, not really a prequel book, to Wheel of Time. I see. No, I see know... it... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. You. no, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I know nothing of these two series. So. Interesting, interesting. So, so these are interesting concepts because there's there's three kinds of prequels, mm -hmm. I, I think. There is the stereotypical prequel, which is a series is done, and then you create a follow-up series that takes place before. That's your stereotypical prequel, your Star Wars, your Comic Con Kill Zero. Then you have the second type, which is... Um, basically kind of like a you're writing a series and in the middle of the series you release content that takes place before um mm -hmm. which so like I a separate would, story and that just takes place before the main events uh, the the wheel of times prequel book is kind of like that and the fact that it takes place before but you shouldn't read it until a certain point in the series because it was written kind of in the middle mm -hmm. and will not only spoil events in the series, but it wasn't made well after the fact. And all it really does is give you some more in-depth information about characters that exist in the series. Okay. And then the last one is a prequel that is made before a series but gets, I guess, more relevant as the main series does. Um, my example with that one being the Throne of Glass series. They have a prequel book that's five novellas mm -hmm. uh, smushed into one book. Um, four of the five novellas were written before we, uh, the Throne of Glass series, as like on like a on a website. I don't remember which. And they were that's I think how the series ended up getting popular was that people really liked them, and then so she started writing the books. And then she put, she took those four stories, wrote a fifth story, and mixed them all together. Well, not all together, but basically put five parts in a single smaller book and released it as a as a prequel, basically. Okay. It was one of those things where you you would read it later in the series, and right. it te technically took place before, but it also gives more in depth information about characters while also still spoiling things that you don't want spoiled at certain points. Right. So I guess you got stuff that's just like an origin story of how it happened and how it got there. Then you have stuff that just gives more in-depth, you know, insight yeah. to things. And then stuff that's just a separate story that kind of goes along with the main story or leads up to the main story. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So like... Akame Ga Kill Zero follows Akame, the main character from Akame Ga Kill. Right. And basically writes her all the way getting up to the main series 
um, and how she got to that point, kind of. Obviously, there's a bit of a, a time gap. Right. Um, whereas the Wheel of Time one, like I said, you get more in-depth views of characters that are important to the story while also getting the enjoyment of a completely different story that takes place before the main events of the books. Gotcha. The Throne of Glass one kind of, I think literally leads directly into the books, kind of, sort of, in a way. But at the same time, it's also like, like I said, it was five novellas, basically. So it was five separate short stories that were in chronological order, mind, but, you know, still. Right. Yeah, thinking back, I think I've only read one, in quotation marks, prequel series. Uh, have you ever read the Guardians of the Gahul books? The Guardians of what? Gahul. No. No? Okay. Well, it's like a... It's like a 15 long book series. And each book's only like, you know, 200 to 300 pages. Uh, so they're like, you know, novellas, really. Yeah. Um, but I read the hell out of those as a kid, right? Okay. At the same time, the author was writing another series called The Wolves of the Beyond. Okay. And I didn't really realize it until like the end of both series that one takes place like many, many, many years. I'm talking about like like hundreds of years after the first one. It's like Gardens of the Gahul was basically the prequel to Wolves of the Beyond, right? And right. it doesn't really, none of them tie in together like super knitted, you know? Uh-huh. Um. One just leaves off as a clean cut story, and boom, you're done. The other one doesn't right. take, t- doesn't pick up where it left off. It doesn't do anything. Uh, Wolves of Beyond just kind of exists in the world afterwards, many years later. But there are some like connections and hints to each other. So okay, I guess there's prequels like that where like they just kind of happen separately in their own universe, but it's still you know part of the same continuity. Yeah. Yeah, they're interesting. I I like I like the added insight you get to how a character gets to the way they are. Yeah. Um, I I don't I can't say that as much with the Star Wars one particularly. I didn't think there was a lot of interesting character things. Like, yeah, it's cool to see the origins of Darth Vader, and you know how Luke and Leia got to the places they got in their in their respective series. You know, mm-hmm. their trilogy. And while it is interesting, it's kind of like at the same time there wasn't a lot there. But like other ones, like a comic got kill. You really learn what makes a Kame a Kame. Right. And in the Wheel of Time book, um, which, you know, the main character of that isn't the main character of the normal Wheel of Time series, but that character gets a ton of, like, development and things you wouldn't have expected them to have done. And shows other characters that, you know, and it surprises you. You're like, wow, this character acted in such a way at this previous time like it's kind of mind-blowing when you think about it and like even certain and then like the star wars did good with the fact of all of this led up to that point in the story and that's really cool like right like that's how the empire started that was the fall of the republic and stuff like that and so that's always really cool i i like the 
I like the storytelling elements of prequels and like the the development of characters. You know, because you become attached to a character in their in their age, and you get to really know them in their youth, which helps you understand their age. Like, like an older character, you go see what they did, and it's a young soldier or whatever. Like, you know, like a war story. I I don't know of any specific examples. It's just a bullshit one I'm coming up with. But like, you you read a story about this soldier, this grizzled war veteran, who's you know. Like really grouchy, doesn't make friends. He doesn't like people, you know. But, but he's a real badass. And then, like, you go find his origin story, you know, his prequel, and you find that he was a happy-go-lucky guy that was still a capable fighter. But then, you know, and one mission went bad, and he like lost all his friends, and he doesn't want to have that loss anymore. So then he becomes this grouchy guy, and like him being the only survivor was a testament to how you know skilled he was and how gritty he could be and th- and that kind of thing like right initially you're just like oh this guy's an asshole that's cool but then you realize why he becomes the asshole like there's there's a reason for it he's not just an asshole just to be one it's like you you learn that he's scared of that loss i do like prequels like that he's hmm. speaking prequels mm-hmm. um twilight came out with a prequel oh god yeah it's called midnight sun and i don't know a, i don't know that it's a prequel though it is and it isn't it's kind of like how you were talking about how there's a prequel type like archetype that kind of happens before and then leads up and takes place in the main continuity so midnight sun See, apparently is in the uh it's in the perspective of edward 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 Edward. Yeah, I see. I heard that. I heard that it was literally just the normal Twilight book, but from his perspective instead of uh, yeah. Bella. But, but I've never read the book, so I can't talk. It's it's a prequel because it leads up. It shows like Edward's perspective. It shows like how he led up into meeting Bella and then how he felt and with Bella and all that. Uh huh. So that is uh. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm definitely not going to read it. I've never read a Twilight series. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to read them either. And I so. begrudgingly had to watch the movies with my grandma. Uh, she took no, me I have, as her I haven't movie even date. done that. Yeah, she took me as her movie date to go see them. So. Five. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Prequels are just such a good, amazing thing. Yeah. And I like them. Yeah, I do too. They can really add in-depth insight to characters that you knew before and it can make you really fall in love all over again with a character or make you find new love in a character that you hated. Yeah. Um, so they're really interesting. And I don't know. Like Star Wars is coming out with another prequel trilogy uh, called The High Republic. Happens before the original prequel trilogy. Hmm. Like 700 years before. Hmm. You know. Interesting. When Jedi were actual, like, just regular Jedi, not not soldiers. Yeah. It's it's in the High Republic, which in Legends, like, before Disney bought it, the High Republic was a time where there was no conflict, there was no Sith, because Sith didn't really exist for a really extended amount of time 
until the prequel trilogy. That's when they came back, you know? Until Darth Sidious. Yeah. And we know this because the High Republic takes place in Yoda's lifetime. Yoda is like 800 years old. And it's taking place 700 years ago. So he's still alive. So he's never dealt with a Sith before. So, so even he hadn't dealt with a Sith until Sidious. Yeah. So I don't know what the conflict is going to be. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, but they're also working on a bunch of interesting, like, series in general. True. Especially the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Whew. Oh, man. I, I can't wait for that. I guess that, in a way, is also a prequel, but also a sequel. I mean, that is what a prequel is. That's a pre-sequel. I know, but it's a sequel to the prequels, but a prequel to the original trilogy. So it's a prequel, prequel, sequel, prequel. Yeah. No? Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a whole collection of shit. But speaking of collectibles, Caden. Oh, God. (laughs) I'll Um, let you start this one off. So we both collect things, right? You collect magic cards. I'm starting to collect magic cards. I've collected Pokemon cards for a while now. Um, and I was never a big, like, collectible game kind of guy, you know, where, like, where you buy a collector's edition for games. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, shut up. Because <laughs> I, I always thought it was like, you know, I don't need it. It's a waste of money, you know, because obviously until this point in my life, I was kind of broke. I only had a job for gas to go back and forth from high school. Um, but in 2018, Spider-Man PS4 was coming out and I was really excited for it. So I went to GameStop and I pre-ordered the collector's edition, which came with the ultimate edition of Spider-Man and it came with a collectible statue. And I thought it was really cool, right? Because I never, I never had like room decorations before. Save for a few posters. Right. And so that kind of sparked my interest in getting collector's editions. Um, and so once I started getting money again, I pre-ordered The Last of Us 2 collector's edition that came with a statue of Ellie playing a guitar and all that. Do you still have said statue? No, I, I canceled the pre-order because of all the, the, the leaks and all that. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, I got my money back and I spent it on like food and groceries. Something reasonable. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so like a few days ago, um reasonable. Mm-hmm. Shut up. I was browsing Twitter and one of my most favorite hated games that I love to hate and hate to love. Uh, uh-huh. tweeted um, that they're coming out with a new collector's edition for a DLC coming out in February. And this game is a little indie game. I don't know if you've really heard of it. It's called Destiny 2. Um, and I saw it, and I was like, man, that would look really cool on my shelf. Because it comes with a statue of a ghost on this... Uh, this in-game item that we don't know much about yet because it comes out in the DLC. And I was like, uh-huh. I want that. And so, 
once again, I pre-ordered a collectibles edition of a game that doesn't come with the game because it's cheaper that way. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to see it in March. I think I've bought one collector's edition game. I've, well, I've bought two, I know for sure. Mm-hmm. And But of the two, there's only one that I was really glad I got. And what was that? Well, I'll tell you the one that I got that I'm not glad about. But I mean, I'm, I like it. I like it. I'm not going to say I don't. But I like don't care that much that I own it, to be honest. Okay. And it was the collector, collector's edition for Overwatch when it came out. It came with a pretty cool Soldier 76 statue, which those statues sell for pretty good money for the ones they've made progressively. Mm -hmm. It came with the soundtrack for the maps, which is cool. I never use it. Um, It came with postcards to many of the maps, which I'm never going to use because I don't want to mess with them up. And the game in a special, like, metal case, which the metal case case is so much cooler than the regular one. If I can, uh, I always go for a steel case. Yeah. Which, and like I said, it's an okay, like, buy. What was my favorite, though? Soldier 76 statue was really cool, and I liked it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's sitting in this box right now because I just don't have anywhere to put it, and I just don't want to get it out. Now, the one that I got that I really am happy I got was the Fallout 4 Collector's Edition. I was thinking about that because I see it on your shelf all the time. Yep. I don't think it came with really anything else, but it came with a Pip Boy. That if at the time the phones at that time were the iPhone fives, and they fit the Pip Boy, and it became a actually functional Pip Boy that you could use with your Fallout Four game. It was like the dopest shit ever. Because they had a they had a companion app, right? Correct. You yeah, you I loaded the that. app on your phone. You loaded the you put your phone in the Pip Boy, and you could actively push things in the Pip Boy screen. And it would happen on the, in the game, yeah. and it was really cool. So I, I think the, Go ahead. I was gonna say I think the only other game that had a collector's edition that I wanted but I didn't buy because I just didn't have the money and it was really unreasonable was one of the Call of Duty Black Ops ones. Mm. And only for the fact that it came with a nuke. I mean, not a nuke, a cola. A uh, I think it was like a, a a Call of Duty like zombies perk cola like machine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I really wanted that, but it was it was like a little mini fridge, and it was super cool. But I just I couldn't justify it. Yeah. At that time. Uh, that that's my thing with collectible like in like game things is like on top of sometimes giving you like in game items and stuff. Most of the time, it comes with just a a visual statue or something that you can put up in your room, right? Yeah, and so younger me and me now still, sometimes, I don't know. You can't really justify spending the extra money, but it's nice and appreciative to have you know decorations. I've kind of learned throughout my few years of being an adult. I think it really depends on the decoration, though. There's certain yeah. items that you're like, I gotta have it. Yeah, because like the original collector's edition for Destiny Two, I've always wanted it. Um, because it comes with like this, the base ghost shell and yeah. it looks really cool and it's to size and scale and I've always wanted one. And I, I even looked on Etsy to find like a, a replica or like a, you know, personal ghost shell. None. Yeah. They're just <laughs> expensive. Expensive. Yeah. yeah. So 
Know. You know, ironically, I actually had a ghost shell. Really? But not not the way you think. Explain. So, I never built it. I actually threw it away. <laughs> I wouldn't have thrown it away had I known you were into it. Oh. But I used to pay for the subscription service of Loot Crate. And one of the Loot Crate, Loot Gaming things came. Or no, no. I think Christian did. I bought a couple, but one of his had a Destiny ghost um, box. So you would basically break the box down, you would take out all the cutouts, and you would build a ghost out of the insides of this this loot gaming box. And I always wanted to, but the cutout was so complicated that I never... I was like, no, I can't. Not without help. And no one ever wanted to help me, because no one obviously cared. And so I I had had the box for two or more years and when i moved i just said it's like i don't need this box i can't justify continuing to own it if i'm not going to do anything with it so i ended up just throwing it away that makes me sad yeah you could have had a cardboard ghost sorry man you know (laughs) i'm not gonna mention the prices of collectibles because obviously they can be extremely overpriced depending on what you're getting and yeah but some some things, like uh, <laughs> the already sold out collector's edition that I bought for Destiny Two, can really increase in price. Like for instance, people are already scalping it and selling it on eBay for eight hundred dollars. And how much did you spend on it? That's classified information. Yeah, but we we need it. We need clarification. How do I know you didn't spend eight hundred dollars on the price? Uh, okay, so. Um, I spent $150 on it. Okay, so that's only like, what? what is that, like an 800 times percent increase of price from the scalpers? <laughs> uh, do some quick maths here. Yeah, I'm bad at that, so. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just multiply 800 times like 100, and it sounds like 800 to me, so. <laughs> Uh yeah, it um it's a five times price increase. So Sheesh. Yeah. And speaking of increasing prices, we both collect magic. And Well magic don't increase in price, okay. Well, some some do. Well the individual cards, yes. Yes, this is true. You collect but if you're the buying... individual cards. Yeah. I buy individual cards from time to time, but I usually do not allow myself to buy a card that's worth more than $20. I don't allow myself to buy a singular card, ever. I only buy them because it, it's way cheaper sometimes to just buy the card than it would be. I could go spend $20 on packs. four draft booster packs and not pull a single card even of even the same rarity as a card I would want right. of a you know, Mythic Rare. When I could just spend that twenty dollars and just get the card I want. Yeah. Now, and mind you, I I'll usually buy a lot of boosters and like I'll get a pretty good collection. Like I think the Kaldheim set, I own all the common cards, all the uncommon cards. I think I'm missing two of the rare cards, and seven of the mythics. So I own pretty much the entire set. Yeah. Um. So like now, you won't catch me buying a Kaldheim pack because it's just not worth it. If I'm gonna buy a card from Kaldheim, I'm going to buy an individual card that I don't already own. 
Right. Which I actually need to do. <clears throat> I'm missing a Tyvar Kel Planeswalker card for my elf deck. But besides the point. Yeah. So I think, despite some beliefs, I believe like Pokemon and Magic can be a worthwhile investment sometimes if you're smart about it. Um, like me, I was an idiot kid in Florida and I bought a $20 Pokemon card because I thought it was looking cool. Um, it's only worth five bucks now. Or it was always worth five bucks. So, you know. But I also bought yeah. a, I also bought a ten dollar card that is not worth, you know, two hundred, so it happens, yeah. Yeah. On top of collecting them though, you can also use them on like other collectibles to actually do stuff with. True. That's the one good thing about trading cards is that they are. Uh, I mean, unless you start getting into like baseball or sports cards, but usually like trading yeah. card games, TCGs will tend to be usable as well as collectible. Yeah. Now, of course, if and, I pull off the four hundred dollar Charizard card, I'm not ever going to use that. I'm not even going to touch it. I'm going to sleeve it immediately and put it away in a glass vault. But yeah. But I mean, there are, there are other interesting collectibles like uh, that are usable, such as manga. I wouldn't say they're 100% collectible, but you can definitely collect them. You can um, collect them, especially you can get the collector's editions. Yeah. So, like, I own a lot of manga. Yeah, we talked about this in a previous episode. In the, how many dollars or so did we say that you spent? I want to say it's somewhere around $1,500 worth of manga. Yeah. And that's like, what, $7 per manga? Now, mind you, I didn't buy all of them. Some of them were gifts. True. Yeah. But I bought most of them. It's around, yeah, that's around like 200 to 250 uh, volumes. Maybe. Yeah. Depending probably. on an average yeah. price. It's a, the average price, I'd say, is about 10. 10 uh, bucks. True, true. You, usually, the occasional, I think it's pretty rare for them to be less than 10, but most of them are going to be 10. And certain like lesser known titles sell for thirteen. Like if all the Akami got kill sell for like thirteen. Hmm. But a Naruto volume runs for ten. My uh excellent first uh volume one of Rosaria Vampire sold for uh eight ninety-nine. Well there you go. <laughs> Shout out to M- that must series. have been a bad series. No, no, no. Um see it's <laughs> no, just... <I'm> kidding. <laughs> but, but those are things you could collect. And still use. Yes. It's same with just regular book series, you know? Like, I bought the entire Guardians of Gahul book series and Wolves of Beyond book series, and I had them in a collector's edition box. I donated them to my school's library because they were missing, like, 14 volumes. So, you know, but still, didn't collect yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, and then you get, like, hardcore collectors for collectibles. Those are the crazy people. Yeah. Uh, Those are the people who go after like first edition hardcovers of a book. Yeah, I went to. I went to this roadside attraction somewhere. I think in some random town in like New Mexico on our way back from a family vacation. Uh, and there was a Star Wars museum, right? Uh huh. But it wasn't sanctioned by Lucasfilms or Disney. Um, and it was just some dude's house. Hmm. 
Yeah, if you want to talk about hardcore collectors, this dude was definitely it. He converted his entire house to be a Star Wars museum, and he bought first edition action figures, uh, rip-off action figures, first edition comics, uh, first edition like v- VHS tapes, uh, DVDs, all that. Uh-huh. It was it was pretty insane, you know. But cool. I'm not knocking them. Five. But uh, yeah. Have you Interesting. Ever, ever encountered somebody like that with like a hardcore collecting addiction? Yes, but not to that extreme. Yeah. I knew a guy with an entire complete set of Generation One Pokemon cards. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool. Like, that I can understand. Mm-hmm. But if he was, like, had his entire room converted to, like, a Pikachu shrine where he bought every single action figure of Pikachu and media print of Pikachu, that'd be a little worrisome. Yeah. I think that's the most extreme I've ever seen pertaining to a collector. Um, I'm trying to think if I know anyone specifically. No, I I know a person who owns way too many pop vinyl figurines and stuff like that, but I don't think I know any, like, insanely, like, crazy collector. Yeah. so that's Not off the top of my head. That's, like, the only insane collector I've ever seen in person. Of course, I've seen people online, you know, like on Reddit and Twitter. But in person, uh, not really. Uh, I think the most I've ever seen somebody collect something in person is magic cards and I think you know who I'm talking about me? yeah I don't know what you're talking about I've never seen so many magic cards in my life mainly there are people I've... who have easily more than I do easily. <laughs> mainly, mainly because I've never seen anybody else play magic where I lived before so. that helps yeah, I, I know a guy who helps. probably has triple what I have oh I can imagine that is easy to do if you're like hardcore into it like I'll catch well, I'm myself. Talking, I'm talking to a person who can buy a collector box, which I did uh, for this D and D set. Uh-huh. Every set. Ooh. Well, that's only like and what then, once a year, though. Huh? That's only once a year, though, right? No. <laughs> Four sets are come out every year. Oh, that's like what? How much are they? They're only like uh, two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's well, only a thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Which I guess if you manage your money correctly, you can do. But still, that's a. Yeah. But that's on top of elder cards. That's not the only thing they buy. Oh, that's right. Oof. They buy individuals. They buy uh, normal draft booster boxes, set booster boxes. You know, all the crazy shit. So. Yeah. That's pretty insane. Collecting can get really insane. But it's so fun. True. It's so fun. Well, uh anything else you want I to think talk about? uh I think that that'll be uh all we talkable today. Yeah. Uh thank you all for listening. Um as always you can find us on Spotify and Anchor and hopefully soon to Apple. Hopefully, yeah, one yeah. day. Follow our Twitter. It's also just Talkable Podcast. And yeah. our 
something else. We have something else, right? Do we? No, oh, might just be Twitter. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was supposed to make like an Instagram and I didn't. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah. I don't see other. Meh. With the, Who uses uh, Instagram, anyways? Yeah, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, follow us on Twitter at Talkful Podcast. Um, and uh, follow our OnlyFans. I mean, what? Yeah, uh, if you look at my personal Twitter, um, at uh, I forgot what my handle is, but you can find it under the follows on Talkable and look at my link tree and follow our OnlyFans. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 